ting 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 i think you can guess what kind of day i'm having a damn good day oh yes don't you just love some of those 80s and 90s jingles they just really really knew how to make you want to jump out and buy whatever they're selling i really miss that nowadays made marketing seem so casual and so easy didn't it yeah of course from a bar of soap to protein powders what have we not bought through the power of a jingle you know that one la 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 you know it's so fun talking about it oh my god you just have to hear it and you feel so fresh don't you yes, yes waterfalls and things yes. yeah it i i honestly i genuinely feel like the whole uh, jingle culture that we had uh, at least in india i don't know about the rest of the world uh, during the 90s the growing up years is what made me want to be in marketing at all in the first place totally get it i'm sure so many young kids thought uh, you know there's glamour there's fun there's real true entertainment and there's a lastingness about it is that even a word i'm not sure but there's a lastingness about it right like you know people remember it for decades you and i okay i'm going to stop now <laughs> <laughs> i could see the pug welcome to the damn good marketing podcast subha and i are building something here something that we genuinely believe in and have fun with tune into these conversations to find out a little bit more about what makes us click in the world of marketing what doesn't make us click in the world of marketing and everything in between you know as a business owner having grown up thinking marketing is one of those fun things that you get to do uh, i really thought that okay when i have to market myself and the work i do it would really be a lot easier but somehow it just feels like such a chore today it just feels so difficult and yet it should have been easier that was the promise wasn't it in a way it should have been fun it's supposed to have been easier right with access to so many different platforms and channels you know it's supposed to fit everyone's budget but uh, just just the, the thought of having to kind of unravel all of these things is making it very very unappealing honestly and so many of us small business owners end up in a space where we think okay just let's just do a good job and somebody will notice us and things will get better yeah in in a way those are two extremes right so on the one hand we have people you know pushing ad spends pushing a lot of money probably sometimes into the wrong things but at the other end there's also this sense of almost a a, a stoicism for lack of a better word uh, that says let me just keep doing good work and at some point i might get noticed uh, but the truth is that marketing in general and digital marketing specifically lies somewhere in between those two extremes and i completely understand what you mean uh, because in a way the problem isn't that it's not easy today it is very much easy the problem is that there's too much to do right mm-hmm. digital mm-hmm. marketing in a way was supposed to level the playing field and you know you didn't need those fancy jingles composed by you know ar rahman to really stand out uh but yeah. instead what we got is sort of this you know banana republic of too much communication and everyone wanting to say something but not necessarily knowing what that is no i think that's the thing this whole digital element was supposed to make it easier for a lot of us and uh, it's just 
you know, we thought, oh, now we can do it on our own. We don't need huge budgets. We don't need front page Times of India ads and we'll still get our message across. And the promise was that we'd get it across to just the right people, right? Oh, yeah, <laughs> just <that. laughs> the person who, you know, not like throw an ad on Doordarshan and hope it clicks, but you know, just the right people. Yeah, yeah. And in a way that would also make it cheaper for you because if you went only after a thousand people, then you had to pay only for those thousand people. But uh, I guess we don't even know who those thousand people are anymore today. Yeah, I think that's the real uh, pain of marketing that so many of us feel today. And uh, I think even even for me at um, Raincraft, the whole digital thing hasn't clicked too much. And then you say, okay, let me let me stick with organic and uh, you know write from my heart and say what I want to say. But something somewhere has to amplify it but then also specific to raincraft i just wanted to bring up this point as well that you know while you made the choice to stay organic and not really push uh, and also i'm going to use this definition of organic versus paid very loosely in this context uh to differentiate between a more focused effort and a less focused effort and that's about it but the fact is that your newsletter subai at raincraft is performing immensely well You've gotten as close to virality as possible with that newsletter in particular. So maybe in a way that decision to stick with it and to stick with it for long enough for it to pay off has actually been very helpful in your case, right? And that's not something that a lot of people do. Uh, in a way, the focus of digital marketing, particularly when there is so much distraction everywhere, the focus needs to be very, very singular. So if you believe that what you're doing is making you happy and it's resonating with somebody, then you need to keep doing it over and over and over again, even when you feel like you can't trust it anymore. And that's key. Yeah, I think I think I hear you and I've kind of intuitively done that. Initially, when you start something, you jump onto all the platforms available and then slowly you realize that, hey, just let me just get off Pinterest and let me get off Twitter and let me focus on one or two things. But I think the worry is, what if I'm sacrificing growth because I'm just doing too little? That's the thing, right? Uh, and I know exactly what you're talking about. I think six, seven months earlier, uh, we kind of decided not to be on every single platform and you significantly pruned. I remember you pruning Twitter, Pinterest, like you said, uh, and I'm sure we pruned several others, which we don't even remember anymore. What is growth, right? Uh, and a lot of us don't define it. For example, if I can sell 100 products and, uh, you know, pushing ads and throwing money at things can help me sell a thousand and if the fact is that I don't have 1000 things to sell, I have only 100. Uh, is it not better to start smaller and know what works and do it at a much smaller scale than to go all out and then have troubles in the operations departments? Because marketing is not a function that stands by itself. It has to be supported by so many other things. I get what you're saying that, uh, you know, if I kind of go all out and I get a whole bunch of leads, the kind of work that I do, I don't have the capacity. So it really may be counterproductive and it may bring the brand quality down, etc. So I, I get that, that I should really think about what that growth is and uh, what segments do I want to grow in. I guess the challenge for most of us is that, you know, when we do talk about marketing and today it's, you know, it's only digital marketing that we're really talking about. 
how do you really have fun with it? You know, that was the promise that <laughs> you'll do all these campaigns and you'll brainstorm and you'll put it out there and people will love it and sing and dance with you. You know, what happened to all that? I <laughs> thank you for asking this very philosophical question, which I'm going to go ahead and answer on my own podcast and feel like a celebrity. <laughs> um, so there's a bit of a head component and a heart component uh, in any profession. And I think uh, things like marketing, because of the extent of amplification that's possible, you just notice it more, right? So when a jingle was created, you know, that Airtel jingle doesn't get out of my head or even uh, Cow Britannia 50-50, you know, all those things. While they were catchy, while there was a certain amount of thinking behind making the messaging simple enough to be received, there was also a lot of creativity and a lot of joy that went into making them, right? And even today, if we stop running between the platforms, if we stop jumping from one thing to the next, just because they are available, I still feel like there's a lot of scope to have fun and to do it with a lot of heart while also making the logical decisions, right? I'm not saying don't look at the analytics report. I'm not saying don't track how many people are reading something that you put out there. I'm just saying before you even put out there, can you fall in love with it in the first place? And from that place, you share whatever it is that you want to share. That's interesting. What I'm really hearing is that first uh, look inwards in a way, focus on what you want, what, who are you, what do you want to put out there, what kind of growth you want. But most of us tend to jump outward looking, right? Oh, I've yeah. put something out there. How many likes, how many follows, how many people have subscribed and when you start that way, you don't even know what number will make you happy. Like exactly, because likes. likes likes are the bane of consistency, no? The moment one mm. person likes something, I have lost the motivation to do it a second time. And if I don't do it a second time, I've, I've set myself up to fail 100% of the time, right? So in a way, <laughs> the instant gratification component really needs to be taken out of marketing. Like I wonder if, you know, Rahman received constant feedback like while he was composing it hey guys here's my first line of music what do you think uh he would have lost it he would have stopped composing like <laughs> halfway through so yeah. a lot of us put ourselves in that spot you know Rahman's an interesting analogy here because I think most of us used to talk about how you never like his song the first time you hear it and you have <laughs> to you know hear it multiple times and then suddenly you can't get it out of your head absolutely <laughs> But on a much smaller scale, uh, this question also reminded me of this campaign that we ran for a client who wanted registrations for a certain webinar that we did for them month on month. Uh, and when we came up with the ad budgets and you know, how do we get 50 people to sign up for the webinar, the budget ran to about 75, 80,000 uh, for just that one campaign, which is about two weeks. And of course, this is a B2B campaign and it's on LinkedIn. So it was much, much more expensive. And then we just kind of said, why don't we take a step back and just, you know, first of all, clean up the founder's profile, remove everybody who's not relevant to the domain, to the industry itself, start adding a few connections, invite a guest who can actually pull their weight a little bit and see what happens and just post about it maybe on a daily basis and make the messaging catchy enough. And you won't believe it, we received 65 registrations in a week's time for absolutely no money spent, zero. Wow, that's so, a lot. <laughs> much more than the paid campaign for literally <laughs> 60,000 lesser. 
So a couple of things that we, I think we should also bear in mind here is that it was first of all a well thought through process. Every creative, every piece of copy, every activity itself was done with a lot of love and attention, right? Uh, so would it specifically have resulted in 65? Nobody can guarantee that. But we knew for a fact that it was going to work. And the second thing, which is far more important, is that we were willing to stick our necks out and take a chance. Because what did we have to lose? Right. So that little bit of oh, you have a campaign, right? So why do we really shy away from that? Like what comfort have we found in the reports and the metrics and the analytics that stops us from taking the chances in marketing really? Yeah, no, I, I, I hear you. I think uh, what I'm kind of taking away is one, start with really what you want to achieve, where you want to go with this, and then really get focused about a few things and not dip your hand into whole sorts of stuff that's available because a lot is seriously available out there and you yeah. don't have to be everywhere. You don't have to try everything. Just take some time to figure out the one or two things that are somewhere showing some results for you and you can, you know, maybe put a little more energy into. Yeah. And fundamentally start with something that you're already good at. Uh, for example, if you know that you enjoy writing or you enjoy clicking pictures and sharing stories, or maybe, uh, in fact, there's a profile on LinkedIn, the guy, every time he goes for a walk, he clicks pictures and he just posts a journal entry about his walks. And there's a massive following because, you know, people aren't really going for that, those many walks these days. So just find that one thing that makes a lot of sense to you. And uh, I mean, just go for it. Like while we do run the series called 52 Weeks of Marketing on LinkedIn, uh, and it gets an abysmal amount of likes, like it really makes me sad on some days. But the fact is that I get DMs, I get opportunities. So the right people who need to notice it and who need to bring me business are bringing it, right? And that's my real metric for success. It doesn't matter how many people like something. Right, because their likes aren't paying any bill whatsoever, right? So Whatsoever. <laughs> that's really useful. And I think I'm going to kind of bug you with one last question. What do you think someone like me should focus on for let's say the next six months oh it's no bother at all Zuba. i love doing this so raincraft is a service company right uh which again going back to the example of 100 versus thousand uh your scale in a way is also kind of very very important in terms of the amount of marketing push that you're willing to do uh but because your USP is expertise. You know that you're a good coach. You know that you have a certain level of value to bring to the table. I would actually start by identifying something called your ideal customer profile. Uh, in fact, I think we should probably do an episode on this later because there's enough and more to talk about. Uh, but an ideal customer is basically if there are a thousand people out there in the market who potentially need a service like mine, who are the 10 people with whom I can find resonance? So we mark that based on some parameters such as, you know, which company they work for and, you know, what is the size and all of those things, but also in terms of behaviors. So in your case, Subha, for example, for a leadership coach to be successful, you need to work with an organization that appreciates learning as well. So we, I would strongly recommend that you sit and make a list of 10 to 15 companies that you think have that culture and just start connecting with their leaders on LinkedIn. 
uh, engage with their content a little bit. And I know for a fact that you post a lot of good content on LinkedIn yourself. So that kind of becomes a two-way communication piece. And because you have a podcast, you might actually consider inviting some of the really interesting folks on it. Apart from, you know, giving you great content, it can also help you build relationships. So I would say that should be your focus for the next six months. And then at the six month mark, you can think about how to pitch your services to these guys. Really sounds like a plan. Thank you so much for that. Always, always. And now I think it's time to loosen up a little bit ah, and get <laughs> and get to our favorite segment called Topic Hal. Do they get it? You think? I think so, yes. Cool. And now it's time for the much awaited Topic Hal. So I'm going to ask you a few statements. I'm going to make a few statements and you are going to help us figure out how to make it a little less of a chore, just a tiny bit at least. I Sounds can try. Good? Yes. Okay. So the first one is when you hear somehow this campaign isn't working for me. Or... Yeah, honestly, I hear that 10 times a day. So it's not that. <laughs> 10 times on average there have been more uh, <laughs> no I in fact this is my favorite question because at least uh, you've identified that there's a problem so that's when I kind of try to pull out as much you know data as possible it's like looking at your blood counts your vitamin levels you know any and all reports that are available I just kind of like to pour through them because uh, that will tell you exactly what's not working got it got it okay and I know you somewhere mentioned analytics. So my next one is, you know, I've been staring at my Google analytics report and Excel sheets for hours. How big a part of the job is this really? <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, it, uh, numbers are a big part of the job, uh, especially when it comes to digital marketing, because that is literally the promise of digital marketing itself is that you can measure everything. So <laughs> I would just say like, look at it as a fun Excel sheet. And just try to have some fun with the numbers, like give it fun tags, you know, like I like to call my source medium report, kahan se aaye aur kya kya, you know, things like that. So uh, just like try to have some fun. And after a while, you'll realize that uh, every data point has a story to tell. In fact, uh, this reminds me super of that example of the World War airplanes. You remember we were discussing yes, this the yes. other day where uh, they were trying to plot as to every plane that came back with bullet holes where in, or rather how do we protect it in the future how do we ensure that these places are not hit at which point someone said hey the reason these are the only planes coming back is because everything else never came back so what you need to be protecting is the areas that aren't covered in bullet holes uh, i probably didn't do a very good job of explaining it so there'll be a link in the show notes so every data point has a story to tell so the minute you begin to see the stories the data will not be so painful anymore i think there's a there's a simple takeaway that where the data is not there or it's a big fat zero that's got a probably a larger story to tell absolutely now you know kind of the bane of most small business owners or maybe even medium and large for all i know is the tricky part of building a website oh i think in God. every group that i'm part of there's at least someone who wakes up and says need help with website please dm I actually don't know how to make this any easier uh, because website projects, in fact, even to this day are the one thing that I scope like a mad person. Like I will not leave out a single detail when scoping a website 
because there are too many moving parts like there have been times when between the time we started building it and we finished building it the whole business model has changed right so <laughs> i think the best thing you can do with your website is actually just outsource it to an expert uh, and preferably make them an expert in everything like don't look for a developer a designer a content writer look for somebody who has done everything in a way and can actually pull that project through and like you said subha the larger the company becomes the longer it takes to get the website out because everybody has an opinion on it oh yes oh yes i think even i have five different opinions on my own website yeah we know something about that <laughs> okay that was fun a lot of insights a lot of learning and i think it did help demystify marketing a little bit and also tells me that hey don't lose hope very quickly when you do the hard work it does pay it does it does and uh, the fun is there guys it's just that we we need to look for it sometimes and find it we shall uncover it under all the jargon and all the big big words absolutely can i just sing you and i yeah yeah please you're dying to <laughs> sing with me sing with me no no sing you and i okay i think i'll stop it thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of the damn good marketing podcast if you like what you hear do rate us and give us a follow on a platform of your choice and if you want to dm us and tell us how much you loved it we don't mind that either the links to our linkedin profiles are in the show notes see you next time bye folks